It's no secret that I can be long-winded. I love to talk. I love to embellish, and I love to dwell on the moment. I struggle with brevity because some of my favorite authors growing up spent so much time developing their characters that I often forgot anything paranormal was going to happen. And so when a character got surprised, so did I. I like to write this way, and I struggle when I'm forced to write something truly short. Even writing the intro for this bonus episode, there's so much I want to say. The truth is, in real life, scary can happen in the blink of an eye. A wrong turn, a patch of ice, the stab of a knife. In this past episode with Karen Warren, I joked about how telling a story in a one-minute TikTok is a challenge we're not really sure we're up to. But as I reflect on that, I'm remembering that I'm not a complete stranger to micro-stories. When I was living in New York, a group of talented people gathered up by a friend of mine, Nikki Borges, came together to create 15-second films for Instagram. 15 seconds was the maximum those days. I had the pleasure of working on a few of those shows as a cinematographer, and we did some really beautiful work together. Now Instagram has a wide variety of options for people creating content, posts, stories, IGTV, and Nikki's team at Insta Miniseries are planning to use all of them for her new show, Murderville. I'll let her and her writers tell you about that in this bonus episode of Haunting Season, where we talk about serial, serial killers, and Murderville. So, Nikki, we want to start with you, and uh, to start things off, can you tell me about the origin of Insta Miniseries and how this all got started? So, Insta Miniseries started about six years ago uh, with two of my very close friends, Ceci Fernandez and Amanda Delanuez. We wanted to create original content, and we knew a lot of people were doing uh, web series, and we were kind of circling the drain on an idea called Silent Brooklyn, but when we were talking about Instagram and they had just announced 15 second videos. We kind of realized that maybe there was something there and it created a challenge to be able to create an episode in 15 seconds. So to add on to that, we decided that the channel that we were creating in this platform would be like the tiniest version of HBO miniseries where each series would have its season. It would have an arc and then it would end. And then we wanted to try other, um, genres. We wanted to play with comedy, with drama, uh, with a talk show. And so from there, we just tried to to collaborate with other artists and explore different genres. Yeah. And so you really treat Instagram as a streaming platform rather than a social media site. Your team writes, shoots, edits, perfects everything um, for a full series before planning its release and everything. As a showrunner, Nikki, can you tell me about how your standards for quality play into that? It's a really great uh, platform for those of us that are multi-hyphenated, meaning you're an actor, writer, director, producer, to explore all of these different roles all together and to see what that looks like on the smallest platform. So, of course, even though it is Instagram and you're looking at your phone mostly, it was important for us from the beginning to make sure that it, if HBO wanted to buy it tomorrow, that it was the best quality 
we could present. If we could do this with what I call the budget of two cents and a bag of Doritos, then we can do this with like a lot more money too. Hi, hi Nikki. Cody of uh, Haunting Season. Uh, and a lot like this, uh, like Haunting Season, uh, Insta miniseries went away for a few years, but still has like a pretty substantial fan base. I think it's got like 19, what, 19,000 followers. Uh, so the question is, where have you been and what went into your decision to come back? So the team, we started to all become very busy individually. We were blessed to be individuals that were booking work as freelance artists. And it was pulling us in different directions. And we accomplished what we set out to do with Instant Miniseries was to create essentially a portfolio of our work. So we decided to take a break uh, and try and explore our own individual work. And then uh, Chelsea and Ginger are two very close friends of mine that invited me, I think three years ago to the reading of the first Murderville. And I was blown away by this script. And I, I just immediately from the first moment I heard it in the first five seconds, I could see it all on Insta miniseries. And I was like, we have to bring Insta miniseries back. We have to do Murderville. We have Chelsea and Ginger here. Uh, and you guys are the writers of Murderville. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us on. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of new to this. So give me a rundown of what the, the show is all about. Um, so <laughs> our like pitch, our elevator pitch is it's like Fargo meets The Office. So it's a mockumentary series about true crime set in the Midwest. Um, and it just follows these two women who... You know, they they're kind of bored in their in their homegrown lifestyles and they you know, this ex very exciting thing starts happening where like murders and girls going missing and they decide to put on their amateur sleuth hats and, and try to solve the case. And you are those two women, right? You're you're Darla and Maggie as well? Yes. Yeah, I play the role of Darla Opperman. And I'm Maggie Matthews. That's great. And so do you have like an acting background? Is that like something that you planned all along was like, oh, we'll write something for ourselves that we truly love and want to portray? Or like, how did that happen? I uh, basically approached Ginger years ago. I worked at the McKittrick Hotel. We were both in Sleep No More. And I had encountered her in the bar a few times and was just like, God, she's so cool. I really want to work with her. I really want to do something with her. And I just kept trying to be like, hey, what are you doing? You want to get a drink? And like that didn't work out. And then finally one day I was like, I'd like to write something with you. Would you mind having like cocktails with me and we could talk about it? And she was like, oh yeah, a project? We can talk. <laughs> and then from there uh, I was like, let's just write a five minute short film for something. And she was like, but what if it was a series? <laughs> well, I, I already had a secret goal because Nikki had approached me a very long time ago to contribute writing material for Insta Miniseries. And that was back when there was no dialogue in the episodes. And that was really intimidating for me um, as somebody who writes mostly jokes um, and character-based stuff. So I was more excited about trying to make like a, a web series for the platform of Instagram. Um, and which is obviously, again, why I invited her <laughs> to the reading, because I thought we've got this great thing that we think is perfect for your channel that was inspired by your channel. Mm -hmm. So um, do you want to collaborate? And it worked. So have you ever written for this kind of format before? Like, I mean, like murder, you said you had a little background in comedy. Yeah, so Darla actually 
originally was a character named Ilsa Opperman that I created for an SNL audition. But it was like something that I was interested in. We were both big fans of, you know, My Favorite Murder, the podcast, and True Crime. So it just seemed like I had this character that was like, she, I mean, back in when I first wrote her, she made dioramas of her favorite Law & Order um, episodes. And so um, we've obviously changed that for the for Murderville, where she now makes dioramas um, of true crime um, scenes, and which is inspired from the Nutshell, uh, the what is it, the Nutshell Diaries? Yes, the Nutshell Dioramas, um, which was like a real thing where they realized in like the fifties or sixties that um, when police would go to these murder scenes, they were sort of like traipsing all over the place and ruining evidence. So this woman started making. Uh, dioramas of exact replicas of the scene so that they could look in the diorama and sort of see clues that way as opposed to like being actually um, on the murder scene. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did you face any challenges in like creating any sort of like this like whole Murderville sort of thing? To be honest, when we started, it was just we were very excited and we just sort of came up with the narrative of the show pretty fast. So I would come over to Ginger's place and we would just bust out like episodes and episodes and episodes. And eventually we had like over, you know, 16 episodes and we were like, this is a potential season two. And, and then we went back, when we went back over the second time, the third time, the fourth time is really when it started getting difficult because we were like, okay, we can't just write goofy, like murder jokes we have to also like plan uh, a mystery and plan out where clues need to live where people can track things because we realized after that first reading with nikki that we thought people would be more interested in the comedy aspect and people were way more interested in the whodunit aspect um, and that was really fun to go back and rework the whole show and figure out like what clues are actually pertinent and where can we hide them and what red herrings can we throw in there? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is there like an element of like, okay, figure out the answer and then go back and feed it through the rest of the story? Oh, yeah. For yeah, sure. so because we had been on hiatus from Insta miniseries for so many years, when we decided to come back, obviously Instagram has continued to evolve its technology and its accessibility and, and its different ways with Insta stories was not a thing that we knew before IGTV. So I thought it would be fun since it is a murder mystery. I thought we could utilize the the stories as uh, behind the scenes in or like in character to kind of add an element. So I had imagined like one story every so often. And these girls just came back with 90 stories. So every day there will be three original stories that was shot. I mean, we basically had a second unit when we were filming, even though there were films on iPhones, it was just like an entire like second unit recording all of these stories. So Instagram stories are like 15 seconds yes. or are they 30 seconds? They're 15 seconds, which is what we originally were working with as a total for the entire episode. So, um, that's no mystery to you, Nikki. Um, but then how long How long are the episodes? Because now, now there's IGTV. The shortest is probably about two minutes. And the longest, I don't think, is longer than five or six minutes. That's great. And they come out every night of the week, Monday through Friday, for six weeks. 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's what it's going to be. Yeah, I think with the stories, like, the reason we were so abundant with how much we wrote for them was, like, we... One of the feedback notes we had gotten from a reading was, like, everyone also just fell in love with all of the characters that we created for the town. 
And I mean, that's my goal always is to make these like very classic character comedies with heart, like the way Christopher Guest does. I'm mm -hmm. so inspired by every, like all of his films. And because there's always like, the characters are sort of like sad and hilarious and like very well executed, but also like there's, it's not just slapstick comedy. Like there's always like a real like emotional attachment to everybody. So like we really tried to round the town out and with like 25 or 26 characters, it became a lot to try to give everybody a, a little moment. a little moment to shine, you know? Yeah. Or like where we throw suspicion onto them. Yeah. That was hard. That was uh, and and fun when we did that first reading with with Nikki and then we did another reading after that where people were like, "I know who did it. It's this person." And we were like, "I don't know. Maybe it was that person. Maybe it was somebody else." So it was really fun to like uh, see how many people had different opinions on who had killed these women in this town well and nikki you mentioned some of the stories are shot on cell phones but from watching the trailer i can tell that's not true for the episodes the episodes look like a movie or a tv show can you talk about the production a little bit and your production team and what size it was and any of that cool behind the scenes stuff we had an amazing team come on board we had amy DePaula from pink among men come on board as our line producer and she is from a, a town in jersey and, and basically gave us like uh, all of these different businesses and homes that we could live out these people's lives. I mean, Chelsea and Ginger built a world and Amy gave us like the keys to a town basically. And with the help of Ceci, who is indelible to instant miniseries, like we all worked together to create this powerhouse of women, like making this show happen. And then on top of that, we had Kaylin Yatsko, who is an incredible DP. Um, who helped us really create the vision that I had for this because I did, if I had all the money in the world, I would love to like truly set this in the nineties, but of course that's really hard. So what we essentially set out to do is to make it pretty timeless. Like it could be a town stuck in time. It could be the nineties. So there was a lot that of thought that went into the camera that we had. Uh, we, um, we used a C300, and we also used vintage lenses um, to be able to create a little bit of like a throwback feel to it. Even if, even if you don't know why it's a throwback, there was definitely a lot of intention that went into the lighting, into the lenses, into every prop um, costume that we put into this world. What did you find the most difficult thing to do during production? Dig the grave. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's so many great pictures <laughs> yeah. of all of us digging, especially of Ginger with her wig cap on <laughs> and pin curls underneath. And we're just like in the, the fucking frigid weather. How deep did you have to dig? We dug pretty deep. Yeah, it was like two feet deep, I think. I think it was a little more than that. In the freezing cold as well, right? I'm from Canada, from Manitoba. So it's very, you know, wintry and snowy up there, which is sort of what we had pictured for the series mm -hmm. um and of course so we d we decide to shoot the first week of february or first two weeks of february and inevitably there's like 
no snow in New York. So it was really unfortunate but that we didn't have snow, but we still got the cold. So. so our audience is mostly made up of horror fans. And like I said before, we've got a bit of a crossover happening here, which is why I was so excited to have you guys on the show. You know, along with horror comes a love of mystery and a fascination with fear. Can you talk about how the role of fear and mystery play into this series? Ginger and I, in the early, early days, talked a lot about why women or femme-presenting people like are so obsessed with true crime and why it hits so close to home for a lot of us. And I think, like, even the My Favorite Murder Girls talk about how, like, there's just this inherent fear that you're going to get killed someday. Like, there is just, I think, like, a concept, like, you're going to walk around with keys in your fingers when you're heading to your apartment in the middle of the night or, like, whatever it is. And I think that was something really interesting for me. We didn't want to just write a show that was, like, sort of exploiting the fact that a murder had happened and glamorizing it. I think we wanted to like really drive home like these women want to help find this guy and get him off like the streets so that this doesn't happen again. Yeah, you know? and I, I think too like exploring like, you know, women, the w- women's uh, obsession with true crime is so fascinating to me because you've sort of got people on two different spectrums. You've got like the women who are definitely like more type A, like the Maggie character who's like out there by the book trying to solve the crime, you know, she's got like the clues, finding the clues. And then you have Darla who's like kind of a wild card who like, you know, I feel like she's going to end up as like a prison wife someday because she's just like her fascination is so much um, darker and like, you know, um, like she, it's like she has like a really sort of this like romantic fantasy about true crime which is another thing that happens uh, to women and viewers. And I guess, you know, also people who like horror movies, like there's there's something really romantic about being scared. I don't know why. That's so (laughs) twisted. I think part of the fascination is also like naming the monster and understanding the monster so you could defeat it, right? So that's kind of the fascination with understanding true crime or like why we sit there with like, you know, like we could watch all day a ton of true crime, but it like put on like the conjuring or something. And I'm like, Nope, Nope, I'm done. I can't do this. I'm the exact opposite. My wife watches endless episodes of law and order SVU. And I cannot like my anxiety level grows with every single episode, but I can watch any ghost movie, any slasher movie, any of that stuff. As long as it's like, there's something paranormal about it. Cause that's not real. Yeah. <laughs> well, it says who? Cause it doesn't exist. <laughs> probably. I really can't watch spooky movies. I do it, but I'll do one of these the whole time. And it's mostly, I think, also because, like, being from... I'm, I was born and raised in Singapore, and we're all very superstitious there. I'm half Chinese. Being Asian is, like, part of that. <laughs> and so when I watch spooky movies, like, I think right after it, I'm very convinced it's real. Like, and I will be like this the whole time. But true crime makes me feel like I have answers. Like, I can fix it. Did you uh, have to study up and do, like, any research on, like, uh, murderers or any, like, famous serial killers or famous deaths? Like, the BTK murders were something that was were very inspirational, I think, for the show. Because, mm-hmm. like, we wanted to look into, like, what clues can we leave behind? How can somebody be playing with the town, playing with, you know, law enforcement, playing with, like, fe- instilling fear? in this town as well. I think the hardest part was like, we would have something in the script and then we would realize it was too current. So we had to like back it up to the 90s so it seemed more timeless or like time appropriate. Mm-hmm. We would, um, which is, I know that's like something that happened with one of the dioramas for a very long time. We had oh, yeah. the Amanda Knox 
case was something that um, Darla was fascinated with and that she was going to make as a diorama, which then later got switched to um, the Patty Hearst kidnapping and bank robbery, which is probably my favorite diorama in the show. That's great. <laughs> I mean, I wish I could see them in person. You should like save them just in case, you know, oh, how like do. Tim Burton will have a display at the, you know, whatever museum, like to have those dioramas all in storage somewhere, I feel like is an important move to make. So I'd, I'd love to know from each of you, uh, it's something we talk about with everyone we have on the show, like what's your deepest, darkest fear and where does it come from? Oh my gosh, mine is like, you know, in House of a Thousand Corpses, yeah, sure. Where like Rain Wilson is like re like assembled as with like a fish body. That is like that's where I get any kind of like humans being sewed to animal parts like and like us. Frankenstein. Oh, like I I've never watched the Human Centipede and like I don't think I could watch that because that to me is like any just kind of like re re sewing body, body parts. Yeah. To I think it's like in in horror the genre is like monstrosity or something like that, right? Where it's like. And I'm, I don't know. It's just like that to me is like, ah. So you're really afraid of like mad scientists. Yeah, totally. Forget. Tusk. Tusk is a great. Oh, yeah. Tusk was really hard for me to get through. The Fly. The fly. Did you ever see The Fly with uh, oh, yeah. Jeff Goldblum? Or the, like a Cronenberg film, right? No, I haven't seen that. Oh, don't watch that. No. It's too, I mean, in House of a Thousand Corpses, when I, I remember seeing Rain Wilson in that fish and I was like, oh, it's too much. I think what's so bad about The Fly is that it ends up happening by accident. And like, those are what my nightmares usually are is like, I'm accidentally, like lately, it's I'm accidentally in a crowd of people who aren't wearing masks and neither am I. And I'm like, oh shit, the pandemic. Yeah. Um, You know? And so the idea of like, okay, sure, getting captured, tortured, sewn together with an animal, that's bad. But what if you did it to yourself and you're like, (laughs) oh no. Now I'm a cat person. I'm very superstitious, uh, and I've I very much think like I go into spaces and I go, hey, new here, like please don't bug me. Like it's usually what I do in any new. I just moved. That's what I did in every room in the house. Just being like, I know we got a lot of stuff everywhere. I'm sorry. Please don't <laughs> mess with me. <laughs> I think, uh, and I think that's brought on because. Like, there's the Hungry Ghost Festival in Singapore that lasts for, like, and in Asia, that lasts for, like, a month. And everywhere you go, people are burning, like, paper money or paper mansions because all this stuff goes into the afterlife and it goes to, like, your relatives that are stuck in the afterlife, um, apparently. And so... I think it was just so real to me as like a kid and like any sort of like horror movie like from Asia that I watched as like a kid like The Ring ruined me mm. like forever That's uh, a good one. yeah and it's weird because like things that are like uh, I-, I feel like like slasher films don't freak me out as much I think similarly to like you know watching like a bunch of true crime but like anything that's spooky like The Conjuring or anything like that like Poltergeist all of that Mm-mm, no <laughs> I've been told time and time again from mediums and from various people who I've been on ghost hunts with that literally saying out loud to the room, like, I've had a great time. It was nice to meet you, but you cannot follow me home. Like, that stuff works. Oh, so, yeah. Big time. It's like job. when we did, like, thank you. When <laughs> we would do, like, a Ouija boards, like, makeshift Ouija boards in school after like after hours like and so in school we would do maybe this is not like an american thing i don't know no i'm just shocked because if this is one of your greatest fears what the hell are you doing because i'm (laughs) curious it's just like i'm also pretty afraid of heights but i do like to rock climb like you know i'm just like i like the 
I like being scared a little bit. But you, we did like the Ouija boards with like little coins that we would find, and we would like make like a piece of paper and like do the whole thing. And then you're supposed to throw the coin away. But I always felt like that was like a waste of like a dollar. So you've been collecting ghosts your whole life. Oh yeah, <laughs> I just have like a whole little jar of them. They follow me around. I think my fear is like very similar to Chelsea's and it's definitely like one of the things that I'm always terrified of is like if I leave a room and I come back and things aren't the way that I left them I'm like did I leave this here or did it go smooth and it definitely comes from poltergeist that I saw way too young I have two older siblings and I watched that movie when I was way too young and it's still to this day, I feel like I'm going to walk into my kitchen and see all the chairs stacked up. You remember that scene <laughs> yeah. when oh, they yeah. just like the poultry guys just take it to the next level? I swear I'm going to see that and I will poop my pants and run as fast as I can <laughs> if that ever happens. I would just be like, no. But also another thing that always terrifies me that when I see in certain movies or shows is when things pop up in a mirror. Oh, like, don't oh. do that. That is just... So anytime I'm like in a mirror and I have that thought, I'm like, okay, okay, we're not doing that. Don't think about that. But somehow those two things are just like, oof. Josh and I were curious, is there is the is the door open for a like a potential possibility of uh, maybe a, a crossover between the uh, Insta miniseries and Haunting Season? Someday? Oh, yeah. Somehow? Yeah, Perhaps definitely. a Haunted Home Story or something? I've always wanted to do some sort of, like, there's a ghost in the house. Like, something very simple, but like you're saying, the stacked chairs. You know, very poltergeisty sort of, like, would you direct that, Nikki? Hell yeah. <laughs> I would just awesome. I would just need Chelsea and Ginger there to, like, <laughs> make sure that no one sews weird animal parts on us. And that Chelsea's just going around saying, we're okay. <laughs> We come in peace, <laughs> and that way we could get through it all together. One more, one more question. This is kind of off topic. But oh, it's a really important question. It though. is huge. Cereal seemed to play like a very important uh, factor in this uh, series. Uh, what's your favorite cereal? Definitely when we I was a kid growing up. the hard questions Yeah, the hard-hitting here. questions no, here. When I was a kid growing up, um, t- honeycombs and frosted flakes, Ooh. for sure. Combined? Would you combine like, them the together? The sugarier, the better. Mm, I I love Cocoa Crunch, which is like these little chocolate discs. Those are so great. <laughs> I'm a Honey Bunches of Oats kind of girl. Oh, okay. I know it's not very exciting, but... No, I've got you beat for unexciting. Mine's Raisin Bran. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I've got you all beat. Grape Nuts. No! <laughs> yeah. Have yeah. you ever mixed Grape Nuts with Raisin Bran? No! No! Oh. Yeah, it's fantastic. Raisin Bran should Raisin not be considered not be. a cereal. I'm sorry. No. That's, <laughs> that's like, That's like a cereal killer's cereal. <laughs> they're they're Raisin fiber brand. pellets is what they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was awesome. Thank you guys so much for jumping on. I have a million other questions, but I'm just going to have to watch the show to find out. Do the plugs. Where can everybody find this stuff? Head over to Insta Miniseries on Instagram. We begin November 9th with our episode one and it's going to be posting at 5 p.m eastern standard on the feed you could watch uh, an episode a commercial or an interview on the show and then at 8 p.m every day we will have three stories for our sleuthing audience to keep digging for clues and get their suspect list going gotcha and that's east coast time yes we're on west coast so we'll get it a little bit earlier in the day and um yeah, that's it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. There's going to be so much to watch. I feel like there's been so little. Th- I've gone through everything on like 
Netflix and HBO Go and everything. So I'm, I'm really excited for this. Hunting Season was created by me, Joshua Sterling Bragg, produced by Greg Holdsman and Jessica Richmond, and executive produced by Matt Gielen, Patrick James Lynch, and Ryan Gielen, and is a joint production of Believe Limited and Matt Gielen. This episode was written and hosted by me, Cody Dugan, and Joshua Sterling Bragg. It was edited by Colby Crow, and all the music in this episode was made exclusively for the podcast by North Innsbruck. If you like our show, please subscribe on your favorite platform. Full episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. 